What's up, guys? Britt Dowd here. Thanks for listening to the Lawn Care Leaders Podcast. Before we jump into this episode with Riley, my boy Riley, I wanted to see if you guys could do one thing for me. Go right now. Leave us a review on Apple Podcast. If you're listening on Spotify or some other platform where you can't leave a review, go ahead, screenshot it, share it on Instagram, whatever it may be. That's just going to help other people like you and me find this content and uh, grow themselves um, themselves and their companies. So um, do that for me. The other thing I would like you to do is DM me on Instagram at Lawn Care Leaders Podcast and follow me on Facebook. Um, send me your contact info um, if you don't mind dropping your cell phone in there. And if you have a question for me, what we're doing um, next week is going to be our first of many, hopefully, Q&A sessions where our listeners call in, we chat, I answer a couple actual technical questions. Um, Because what we're finding is people are loving the business content, but then there might be some little details um, or technical skills behind an initial comment that could really add value to uh, some specific individuals. So we're going to drop those Q&A episodes next week. So do that. Uh, Share us, give us a review on Apple Podcasts, and then DM me on Instagram or Facebook with your contact details and uh, maybe a question you have or something that's going on in your business. And I might not have an answer, but at least we can talk about it and uh, work through it. And that's that's what we're here to do, man. Here to build community and add value to you guys. So looking forward to that. Uh, I've got a fun episode here. I've got Riley with Alpha Landscapes. So um, this is a young kid that is doing really big things in the landscaping and hardscaping arena. Um, Riley chatted with me, pretty casual conversation. We hopped on a Zoom chat and uh, we talk about the growth of his company, how he got into commercial landscaping and uh, the ups and downs of hiring and um, kind of, we we get into some some really good business details of what goes on within the first couple years of a company. So that's fun. And then one that might, you know, really hit home for some of you is he was at college and started his landscaping company. So he was literally taking a bunch of classes and then on the side running this crew. And uh, so there's the the little nuances behind that, that, that it takes to manage a company while you're trying to put yourself through school. But a lot of fun. I appreciate Riley being on the episode. Enjoy this one. Um... That's been a, you know, something I didn't, you know, originally as becoming an issue now is I was always about how do I get more work? How do I get more work? Whatever. And I mean, that's still a thing, but um, there's just so much, you know, I always thought, oh, if I have the work, we can get it done. And that's become the, you know, getting the work's become the, the smallest issue. It's always, I can have as much work as I want. What price do you want to do it at? Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, getting it done, getting it done efficiently, um, yeah. has has become the challenge. So. That's the. Uh, I mean, you're you're actually running and operating a successful business, man. That's that's the 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 blessing and the curse of where you're at because it is it, it is a transition point. I feel like you got there a lot quicker than most uh-huh. by way of commercial properties, but you're in the beginning for my wife and I. It was just hustle, 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 get sales, get sales, get sales. But then it, all of a sudden it almost like you hit a tipping point and you start to manage cash flow, project profit margins, hire and retain good people. And so you move in from uh, sales and taking care of your clients to taking care of the, the people and you call it efficiencies around your clients. So that's, that's a cool spot to be in though. Yeah. And I think it was, I don't know, it's the virgin mobile guy or whatever he says something about you know your your people need to ultimately be your number one priority and not your clients because if you don't take care of your people who's going to be the one you know taking care of your clients so ultimately from a client focus mentality when it's just you to focusing mm -hmm. on the people that are taking care of your clients yeah so i mean i hit that transition point last summer Mm -hmm. where you know, whatever. We finished that big project. We had a couple more. I ended up losing pretty much everyone on my team just because I was a I was a micromanager. I was on the job all the time. I wasn't always working, but I was always there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would 
I would knit, I'd say, well, what, you should do it this way. And it'd be something stupid, stupid, small. Yeah. And, it, you know, just kind of started scaring people away. Kind of realized, all right, I need to change my, how I, you know, I need to put, you can't just go out and do it. You need to put some thought into how you're managing people. So what was the, what, when did you hit that realization that, hey, like, I may be the problem here. I need to reorient the way I'm leading my team. Well, it really hit me when I had to go out and plant like 30 trees by myself. <laughs> um, you know, when you go out and, you know, your work, you know, a 12 hour day for a full week, like just about by yourself or with, yeah. you know, some random high school kid helping you. Yeah. That, yeah. you don't like this isn't how we can do it because I I would be doing it and my phone would be blown up and um you just can't yeah yeah in this part of it I mean there's a place for you know the solo lawn operator whatever mm-hmm. and, and there's a right way to do that too um that's personally not what I want to do yeah um but you know so you kind of it's kind of go big or go home yeah um, to an extent here so yeah, it hit me when we were kind of doing that. Um, after that, kind of just out of desperation, I made some bad hiring choices um, just because I almost didn't really have a choice with some of the people I was bringing on. Um, it hit me with those details. I mean, is it, yeah, like it, it's desperation. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what could you have done better in that situation looking back? And then I guess give me the story of kind of what went wrong and how you handled it. So... I mean, I just had, you know, you can make anyone kind of a decent crew guy. Mm-hmm. You got to have a good foreman that's running the job. Yeah. If you have a good foreman running the job, you you can get it done. You know, yeah. he's going to, you might be stretched a little thin, but you can get it done. You can do the, you know, have the quality right. You know, kind of in the first, like, you know, as a little hands off, I kind of let my one friend just kind of run that that Menards project and looking back, I'm like, we could have done so much, so much just better quality on everything. Yeah. Uh, and whatever. And we, you know, now it's kind of something we pride ourselves on because there's, you know, there's a, it's, you're putting down side, you're putting in trees. There's only so much you can do. We're not building a very elaborate patio or anything like that. Like some of these guys on Instagram or whatever do. Yeah. But you just can't, let stupid things slip like you gotta stake your trees you gotta make sure your trees are the right depth in the ground that sort of stuff but like i said if you have that good foreman running the job you can get it done and that was still me for a while so i was hiring just whatever person that whatever person that had a pulse yeah and walked in the door and would show up to work um, <laughs> and you know it's still like that to some extent but um we uh we had we ran through that through like the summer and then i'm just like dude i i need an actual woman i can't be out running these jobs and i think i was trying to look for one just yeah. with very little no one qualified yeah yeah i tried to put one guy in that position and he was just not I try to put them on base strictly off of what he said his experience was, but what people say their experience is versus what it actually is are two very different things. <laughs> um, so I know, you know that I, all too I, well, I, man, all too yeah. well. So you hired him off of a, a job site or a referral. Or yeah, we did indeed just Facebook ads. So play um, that out for me. He's in that role. Did you just switch him to part of the crew or did you let him go? How did I, that- no, I switched him to part of the crew and I was, I thought he could fit that position, paying him way too much money and he couldn't read plans. He couldn't whatever. So I'm like, dude, you can still work here. I'm switching to the crew. I hate to do it, but I have to give you like a cut in pay just because you can handle these responsibilities. Um, You can can go take it, bud. Let's, let's see who it is while we're on air. Let's see. (laughs) Somebody's, somebody's at the door here. Riley's answering the door. Oh, it's uh, it's my good hire. That's good. Your good hire. Tell your mom we're live on air. You want my kid out of that one? Yeah. All right, listeners. Here's what's going on. 
We're my conversation with Riley Marvin. He had to go answer the door. With, with Sean. Did you tell your, you were like, Mom, I'm recording. Yes, right? <laughs> so um, that is, uh, so kind of. And then hey, who I, was it, bud? We, we're keeping that I'm, on the I'm show. Getting, I'm getting to that point. I'm getting to it. Who was so, it? It's Sean. So he's a guy who works for me now. Okay. Who is probably the best thing that ever happened to me. Okay. So that's, that's a part of the, that's a part of this journey we're on with you. Yeah. So I had, I had that guy, I had to, you know, you hate to do it. I had to move him down and yeah. he ended up leaving a couple a month or two later or something. Yeah. Like that. Um, I had another guy who I tried to put in that position who really was probably taking advantage of me because he, he, um, I don't know, asked for way too much money and I gave it to him. And was just he could do the work, but he was very kind of crude. Yeah, uh, type of guy. Um, that one didn't work out. I had another guy on who was still with us for a little bit. Then this Sean guy, who has he's he's been in con the construction and landscape and erosion control industry his entire life. He, wow ran a erosion control and seeding companies for his parents for like 10 years. Um, then he was in the uh, like concrete coating polishing deal for a while. Uh, and then Sean, he, Sean was a godsend then. Sean saved me. Yeah. So Sean was the type of guy where you just throw whatever work in front of them and it gets done. It gets done. Yep. Around. Give them some people, give them whatever he asks for. Um, hey, I need, what you know xyz uh, yeah. as far as trucks material whatever um can you do you mind backtracking just for our listeners because i feel like a lot of our listeners will put themselves in a pinch with hiring mm -hmm. and then just play it out to where it doesn't quite wreck them but it makes them so inefficient or lose so much profit mm -hmm. that it kills an entire because yeah, so, i was doing that i was burning money on these people but how but how long though how long before you made the decision to to cut his pay or just let somebody go oh that one guy yeah. oh so it was the first time i do it so i had to do it so i mean it, it was the first time i had to straight up say dude you need to yeah. you need to do this or you need to get out of here were you, uh, were you freaking like, out? Were you, were you staying up at night? Were you scared? Or were oh, you I was calling like, like my dad has to do it. So I'm like, dad, how the hell do you do this? I've never done this before. <laughs> um, and uh, so, I mean, I let it brew for probably a good month. I a month. I was just like, this dude can't do that. I, I, I do it, but I was trying to rationalize it to myself. Oh, I can make him, you know, you can, like I said, you can put, you know, systems in place to, you know, to take your least, make your least qualified person be able to handle this, but there's only so much you can do Yeah. Um, as well. Yep. You still have to let, hire. Let me, let me speak to that too. Cause I went through that exact same thing. I think it was like a year and a half ago or so. And you do, you do rationalize and you almost negotiate with yourself of why you should keep them on board. But yep. I can't remember what book it was. And maybe somebody just told me, but they said they have to have three things. They have to get it. They have to want it and they have to have the capacity to do it. Yeah. If, they, if they don't have all three, mm -hmm. they either need to be demoted, step their game up, or be off the team. Yeah. But And this was a capacity thing with this guy. So there you go. So And he may have wanted it. He may have hustled. He just didn't have the capacity to do what role he was in. Yeah. And we've had we've probably had people this last year with each one of those things, each yeah. one of those three things that they've all lacked. And – um like so you kind of rationalize yourself and and by the end of the year we had two other guys we kind of had to weren't going to work out long term so i didn't want to have them over the winter and so we kind of just had to say um you know give them a phone call and just like you can't be it can't be a leave on a bad term thing it's just someone told me i invite i'm inviting you to find a you know a new opportunity because so. This isn't going to work. It, you know, it's not best for either of us for you to hang around here. I'm inviting you. I'm inviting you to to get fired here, bud. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, I mean, so that's awesome. So then you you've got Sean. Fast forward mm -hmm. now. What uh, what next? What I got Sean. Um, we kind of just had some some of those type of guys where a lot of them were just slacking, didn't show up on time, didn't 
didn't show up on time, just screwed around on his phone for, um, you know, whatever reason or during yeah. the day or takes 12 smoke breaks a day or whatever. Yeah. We had some of those type, but we had the good guy running the project. All the projects got done. You know, we kind of had to overstaff because we had some of these type of people. Um, some of these people weeded themselves out. Some we kind of had to let go. We finally had a group of three guys who all kind of knew each other come in and they had all done, they were landscape or um, they also like worked for a bridge company. They, you know, tying rebar all day in the middle of the summer will kind of, uh, I don't think there's much worse than that. So yeah, yeah. that's what they kind of came from. And those guys have just been there. They all are coming back over the winter for us and they've been great. And awesome. uh, so now we kind of have that core and we got to do everything we can do to retain that core. Yeah. Um, a lot of guys talk about train to retain, mm -hmm. um, which I think is important. And that's why like this year we're doing just for the spring, you know, you think, Oh, it's planting trees, whatever. Well, we're still doing a full, day spring kickoff of just training stuff kind of yeah, yeah. making sure these guys our processes of how you know you may think everyone knows how to plant a tree well I want everyone doing it the exact same way so everyone's on the same page um yeah. and that type of stuff they, so. need know, they need to know how alpha does it and yeah. and how you guys get mm -hmm. out of a truck and install a tree could be completely different than the way somebody else does it and that kind yeah. of stuff also builds team bonding yeah um, and those yeah. those technical skills i mean that's their job that's one thing we messed up on last year is we were doing a lot of leadership advice and uh the guys were okay with it sometimes but they wanted more technical skills <laughs> so we got some, what's going on outside now come say hi i'm on a podcast is this sean <laughs> Oh, man. How you doing, boss? Good. You hanging in there? Oh, yeah. Lovely weather. Oh, uh, yeah. Riley's in here singing your praises, so. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> um, well, cool, man. Okay, so you've got uh, a lot booked. You've got kind of a core crew. You're, you're kind of putting a, a more of a focus on taking care of your team. Mm -hmm. So what is... What do you want to go to next? How you want to go over some of the the bad, some of the things that you learned, or you want to? So, well, that was mostly kind of what I learned is just when we we're in that bad spot this summer, that kind of just punch in the face. Yeah, it's uh, something needed to change. And yeah, there's still a lot. You know, it's kind of I always said I have like the the pieces of the puzzle. It's just putting them together. Yeah. Uh, so now how much I actually think I know every time I think I know everything I don't. So, yeah. um, you know, putting it together, um, you know where you're going? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tell them it's, you can tell them it's from Boone County. Oh. Why is it not Boone County? It's cheaper. Oh, it's from Boone County? Yeah. Okay. Did you look at that? Uh, no, it's gone. It is? Yeah. That's what we want, though, because it's got, if you get one that has rigid. You want the spring ones. Yeah. The ones with the actual spring ones. Yeah. We're trying to buy Corey Ballard's old jump. Oh, yeah. He already sold it, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'll just bend. What is he, what is he getting rid of? Uh, field cultivator. Okay, okay. But, yeah. Oh, you don't get any issues there. That battery's been sitting there for a while. Oh, yeah, so, popping off here. Um, if you couldn't get more real than this. Yeah, um, right. this is business ownership, man. This is this is juggling. Okay, so um, let's uh, let's hop off of that and let's jump to two things that I think would be kind of unique for our audience. One, what is it like being a twenty-one-year-old? kid managing older people and two what was it like trying to manage while you were in college so uh during college it was just you really had to communicate with who's out there doing the job yeah uh, i was always just like send me pictures 
um, you know, call me, you know, phone was always ringing during class or whatever. I'd have to walk out and take a phone call, whatever. Um, do that a lot. A lot of just, you do your emails while you're in school because every second you're not in class, um, you gotta be out, uh, you gotta be out doing it. So, yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of what it was. It was, I mean, a lot of juggling, zero free time. Um, but I did manage, I mean, I, I got out of school, uh, semester early. Um, so now we can, I was able to just put in some time this winter to get, get a lot of stuff in place and, you know, we're going to hit it hard here in March. Um, so yeah, running is, it's definitely a challenge and it's like, probably, like I said, you got it with college. It's all kind of, you got to figure out what's best for you. There's either, you know, I have two philosophies like, yeah, you can either push and get this done and it's going to suck for every minute of it, you know, or you can spread it out and make it work very well between the two. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you just tried to hammer it out then? I just tried to hammer it out. So, I mean, there was no, I mean, it was, there's no free time. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So what about, uh, what about managing old older mm -hmm. people than you is there, yeah, is there so this was, give guys to that yeah so this was something that was a hard thing too and I remember like right when I was first start when I first was needing to like hire you know some actual full-time people that I didn't know I think I talked to like a message like Stan Genetic or something on Instagram like because he said or into fate or a YouTube comment or something like that because yeah. he said he started at 22 or something. He's like, I, he said he had to hire people way older than him. And it's a, uh, it's a difficult thing. It's a problem for some people. Um, like Sean gets it. He gets where we're going. He doesn't care because he's still the boss of everyone else. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and I'm in the end, I'm there really just to support him on getting his job done. I got to put the work in front of him and I got to give him the tools he needs. Mm -hmm. Um, to go out there and, and produce stuff. So, um, you know, there's stuff like that, you know, if you're to the people, you know, I don't really go, I don't like a lot of my guys probably don't know how old I am. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, you know, so people though, some people think I'm the age I am. Some people are like, Oh, you're like 28. I wish. <laughs> um, you know, it's just, uh, it's, kind of finding people that can respect what you're trying to do and not just see you for the age. Now the problem where it comes in for us is not, I mean, there's the issue with the hiring people, but like I have Sean and then a lot of our crew guys are in their, you know, twenties anyway. So it's okay. not, not a problem there, but um, not a huge getting the higher level guys, it's, it's going to be an issue going forward. Yeah. I like to take Sean with me whenever we go to interview someone Yep. Just know we have some seniority here. It yep. gives, you know, you know, we hired another foreman a couple of weeks ago and it just yep. makes them a little more comfortable yep. with it, I guess. But that's huge. That's huge that you have Sean with you because he needs to be on your hip anyways because eventually you want to phase yourself out of whatever role you're in. Yeah. Yeah. Cause okay, I mean, tell me, tell me this, what outside of hiring, outside of retaining those guys, um, when your head hits the pillow at night, what is what's the one thing that's keeping you up the one thing that keeps me up is just um i mean a big issue for us kind of doing this is kind of like our scheduling and making sure we have a consistent flow of work yeah as soon as that project's ready that superintendent's called we need you here now we need this done blah 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 yeah and yeah. i was going to go back to that that's another thing with age these like project superintendents they don't like it's a it's a hazing thing almost. Yeah. They don't, yeah. See, they don't, any young dude, it's a rite of passage type thing. Yeah. And you're not going to be, you can't do anything. You know, yeah. they're going to, they're going to try and walk on you if you're young. So yeah. that's one thing we're going to kind of change this year. I'm putting Sean out there. Sean yeah. knows what our schedule needs to be. He knows when, how we got to spread things out. He's yeah. the one negotiating with them. Cause in the end it's a negotiation with them. Say, Oh, we need you here this week. Well, we can't make it here this week, but next week, blah, blah, blah. You know, so in the end, I mean, it's a, 
negotiation with the project managers and the, and the superintendents to make that happen. And that's, it's, that's a good one. That's a good one. What about, um, so that's kind of what keeps you up at night. What might be one thing that you're, you see in two years that you're not good at, that you're going to try to hire for? Who, uh, the kind of office end of things. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm not admin, admin only bookkeeping. What, what is that? So my accountant does like a portion of my bookkeeping now. Mm-hmm. Um, my issue is like going back and reconciling in QuickBooks. Yeah. I do it like three or four times a year. Maybe, yeah. you know, and you, you go back and you're like, I don't know what the hell this is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just cause it's not something you see as, Oh, I need to do this to retain our day to day, but more and more it's becoming important. I need to know exactly how much my overhead costs. Yeah. Yep. Um, and stuff like that. Yep. And uh, so between that, um, between that, um, and just there's a bunch of just small items like mm-hmm. sending certificates. You got to send a certificate of insurance out for every single project. Stuff like that. Um, sending in material submittals for projects, just kind of that and the stuff. Yep. And just kind of realizing if I actually, because I've learned. I'm doing this because I didn't want to sit behind a desk and that's what I find myself doing. Yeah. You know? yep. And I do. There's some people who absolutely hate it. And the thing is, if you don't do it to some extent, it's gonna, you just doesn't work. You have to, you got to sit yep. behind your desk. You got to know where your numbers are. Cause like uh, Tony Bass said, I mean, it really all comes down to where your work is priced. Yeah. Yep. You know, he's, he's referencing now our, one of our episodes with, with Tony Bass. Um, he was co-author of the E-Myth Landscape Contractor. I don't remember. Do you remember what episode that was? I don't remember what it was. Oh, it was a while ago. It was 30-something, I think. 30, yeah, 30-something, early 40s. But you all can go back and listen to that. And he I, talked went a lot through, about- I went through and looked for the big names on there. Yeah. And, uh, you, didn't, so- you didn't want to listen to any of our documented team episodes. You wanted, you wanted to go big out of the gate. I hope I hope the rest doesn't disappoint. No, that's good, man. Um, and and you know all of that well enough where you can train somebody on what you need. Um, because, dude, if you add up what you're gonna bring in this year and mm-hmm. what your hourly rate as the owner is, you know, it's it doesn't make sense for you to be doing that admin stuff at this yeah. point. You know, that's it's all trainable. It's just. Yep. And we've, I've put an effort to doing an SOP standard operating procedure for everything. It's really, you know, you think about it, it's simple. What do I do on a day to day? Write it down. Yep. You were a teacher and you had to teach someone how to do this. Just write it down, what it is, how you do yep. it, how you sequence it, whatever. Um, so we can believe all the crap that you do, bud, from logging receipts. Oh yeah. People how to do this, to calling a vendor, to pricing, to negotiating. And, I think the goal for you, I mean, not to tell you what to do, but for what I did was all my basic tasks, I tried to offload and somebody may even do them wrong for the first couple of months. Yeah. As long as they're doing them and you can kind of guide them along the way, mm-hmm. that's going to clear your schedule yeah. to focus on quality, quality stuff. And that's another EMIF thing, I think, right? Delegation, not arbitration. Yeah. Or some, I can't remember. I don't know. What yeah. Yeah. Is, but pretty much like, there's something like I could have taken a guy like Sean and just thrown all this stuff in front of him and it would have got done, but it would have burned him out. It wouldn't have been getting done efficiently. You got to have the structure, put it in um, and and just dealt yeah, delegating those tasks. If you can, that's why you also back to the systems, not to get too high level here, but when you have systems in place, it doesn't matter who you bring in if they get it, want it, and have the capacity, they're going to fall in line pretty quickly because you already have a well-oiled machine. They just got to figure out how your machine operates. Because the idea is, for me at least, you train them on it, and then you give them this SOP, and you say, before you call me to ask any questions, read through this because your answer is probably in there. Yep, yep. Um, And just making sure you write everything airtight enough. and it, it'll change, man. You're, you're going to be doing one thing one way, and then you'll find a more efficient way. Um, the thing for us is we try to put new systems in place to make us more efficient, but also we're results-driven. So if mm-hmm. somebody finds a better way, we're just going to rewrite the script. Or yeah. 
if somebody like we're we're gonna say hey this is the way we want it done but we're also results focused so i like that yeah at the end of the day we try to pitch we need you to do this number of brochures and this number of applications every day this mm -hmm. is how we do it and then everybody is going to have their own little unique way off of that yeah. As long as the result is there, that's what you're managing. Yeah. You're managing the best way you think to do it is and the result. Yeah. There's there's a little gray space that you have to allow people to play in. Yeah. Otherwise that's where the micromanaging comes in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's uh that's a big type of because you don't yeah, you don't want to have just such a lockdown structured thing that everyone's you know, you gotta have some some breathing room and some uh some room for creativity. Because yep. nothing's gonna, you know, nothing's really gonna change or improve, um, unless uh, unless you know you have some room for that too. Yep. So, yep. Yeah, yeah. I've always been about just finding better ways to do it, um, yep. and like Instagram has been a good place for me to find that and and just yep. kind of the network yep. and stuff. I know, I know, we were we were kind of chatted offline a little bit about Instagram, so. <laughs> What are you, what are you doing on Instagram? I'll give you an opportunity to kind of drop some of your social handles where people can find you, but then let's, yeah. let's discuss the Instagram family for a while. Yeah. So I'm, we're at alpha landscapes. I, you can find us on there. Um, I need to be better about posting on there. Um, too is kind of one thing I get caught up in doing whatever and forget about it, whatever. Yeah. Um, I've just met a lot of guys on there that I can kind of network with just a lot of just bouncing ideas off each other. Yeah. You know, it's been something where, um, oh, well you're better at, you know, kind of leadership managing people. What can you, you know, how do you do this? That So, cause it works better for you, obviously. So how are you doing this? Or mm -hmm. this works for me, you know, and you kind of learn that, you know, every market's different too. Yeah. Um, what works in someone else market doesn't necessarily work in your market but then you know there's some areas where I can learn you know in this area they do stuff just better for you know whatever reason and, yep. and a lot of times you know your market will suck because everyone's stubborn and doesn't change or yep. you know whatever and they could be a clear clearly better way to do things that just isn't realized um, yep. for whatever reason so yeah, definitely, there's a lot definitely of a good definitely a good learning tool yeah I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you can't really get caught up in on there too. There's a lot of people that just, just kind of trying to show off or whatever, um, too. And I don't know, it's kind of, as you go along, it's a little easier to see through that, uh, you know, who's actually doing it and who's, who's just buying stuff so they can show off and look cool, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's kind of, you know, people who are business minded and then, you know, I'll see people buying all this stuff, but then I'm like, you're working in like the field 24 seven. And I'm like, what, you know, do you really, can you afford this? Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, I just, it's, it's, a, uh, it's kind it's of a, a dangerous thing right now. I just see, I mean, I'm not that old, but I'm old enough to remember way before Facebook and way before Instagram. And I just see a lot of people putting the majority of their time comparing mm -hmm. or hanging out on Instagram or like you said, trying to impress people mm -hmm. as opposed to building their brand, actually bringing profit in the door. Now I'm all for building your brand on social media, mm -hmm. you know, building your personal brand. I mean, I should have a podcast for goodness <laughs> sake, but I, I spend 95% of my time on my business. Yep. Another 5% on this. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's flipped right now for a lot of guys. And I think it's going to be scary whenever we have a dip in the economy yeah. and they're over leveraged and they don't have contracts lined up that you like you have or steady yeah. cash flow. It's, it's going to be sad for them. And that thing, that, you know, a dip in the recession is something that, or a dip in the economy, I can't talk. Um, uh, you know, it's going to affect us heavily, obviously we're in the new construction industry, but we're trying to diversify to an extent. Um, we do have, I mean, we got, I've kind of just moved to, we, we've spent enough money on trucks. We're kind of moving to new on everything because, yeah. but I'm not doing it. You know, I'm not buying, I'm not, you know, there's, there's one guy here who's buying his guys like a, 
uh, F-250 power stroke lariat to pull around. It's like a crew truck pulling around a mowing trailer. And I'm like, yeah. I'm going to buy a new truck, but it's going to be base model and it's yeah, gonna be yeah. gas yeah. and, you know, whatever. So we're doing that just because in the end it's cheaper for us. But yeah. the thing is, I know, you know, when all our cash comes in, whatever, we can, we can pay majority of our debt down to zero. Yeah. Uh, too. So it's keeping it in focus and knowing that, you know, something that's been hard to me to cope with is you can't just shoot for the moon. You know, yeah. if you want to do it responsibly, there's a pace you have to do it at. You know, yeah. I still, I'm very impatient person. And yeah. there's some people who will say no debt. And, and ultimately for, you know, I live kind of like my personal life is like that. Like I'll live my you know, personal expenditures by the Dave Ramsey, yeah. whatever. But I don't think personally, I don't think that's a way to, way to run a business just because I, for what I do, you literally can't, you can't do it without having a line of credit. Yeah. You yeah. Unless you've been in business for 50 years and have a million dollars sitting in the bank, but yeah. Yeah. you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. Until you can become your own line of credit. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. no, I get that completely. Yeah. I get yeah. that completely. Oh, so, well, um, Riley, I want to respect your time and thank you for uh, being on the show. Is there is there anything you kind of want to end with before we wrap up here? Um, I mean, there's about a million other things I go on to. I'm kind of a rambler, so no, I think we I think we touched on some really good topics, though, man. I mean, we went over systems, we went over the ups and downs of hiring, mm -hmm. cash flow. Um, yeah. kind of I, think we hit, I think we hit the big ones in kind of today's day and age, the, the hiring, the systems and the, just knowing how to knowing how to being a businessman, Yeah, you know, above everything. Yeah. Businessman above a landscaper really yeah. uh, too. Um, kind of those. You are, have to be, if you want to, if you want to run your own landscaping company and do that, you have to be a businessman. Otherwise you'll be, you'll be out of business. So yeah. Riley, they can find you at alpha landscapes, IA right on Instagram, on the gram, on the gram, yeah. on the gram. So, so hit them up there. Um, I appreciate you joining us today and stay in touch with me. Keep DMing me throughout the season. And I, I hope you guys just crush it this year. And we're trying to, so I hope, uh, Sean, Sean enjoys his time with you. So you guys can keep scaling. Yeah. All righty. Sounds good. Thanks, talk. Riley. Have a good rest of the week. Hey, wanted to pause here and uh, give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Jobber. They have been with us from the get-go on this podcast and have always supported us, have always helped our business green again lawn. What they do is they make you more professional. They streamline the invoice, quoting, collections, client entry process for you. Give them a shout, www.getjobber.com, and you can do backslash Brit-Dowd. That's B-R-I-T-T-D-O-W-D, and you can find a slick discount from the Lawn Care Leaders podcast. So head over there. Thanks, Jobber, for supporting us. We love you guys. Now back to the show. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Lawn Care Leaders podcast. I'm your show host, Britt. Um, just recorded an episode prior to this one and I was looking a little more professional, but I'm cold. So I threw the hoodie up. So if you're joining us on YouTube, um, I'm not looking as good, but I'm, I'm warmer. So I'm with my man, Riley Marvin out of Slater, Iowa. It's Slater, right? Yeah. Slater, yeah. Iowa. I always get nervous when I say somebody's name and where they're from. I don't know why I want to, I always want to nail it, but Riley is 21 years old. Slater, Iowa. He runs a company called Alpha Landscapes. He's been in business three years and uh, absolutely crushing it, annihilating it. He ran the business through college and we're going to get into that. So um, he does have kind of a unique situation where he was finishing up school at Iowa State and running his company on the side. And we're going to talk about the ups and downs of that. But Riley, introduce yourself. Give me your uh, your 30-second elevator intro. Yeah, so my name is Riley Marvin, Alpha Landscapes. We, uh, we're in Slater, right outside of Des Moines. Um, we specialize kind of in uh, commercial new construction landscaping. So 
Uh, instead of working for homeowners and stuff, we're working for uh, developers and general contractors and construction managers and those type of clients. So, um, you know, still landscape, but kind of a different, um, we have kind of a different relationship with our clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of specialize that. We kind of found our niche um, and we're, uh, we've grown it to where it's at now pretty quickly. And we're kind of trying to keep that growth, uh, keep that growth going while we're, you know, they're still building a lot out there and kind of taking advantage of our economic situation. It's awesome, man. It's awesome. You, you seem like a pretty smart dude. So tell me why, tell me why it was that you got into the landscape industry in the beginning. And like, how, how did you get into running your own landscape company? So like anyone else, give me, give me the whole origin story. Yeah. Yeah, so like anyone else, I started mowing lawns around the neighborhood in high school, probably like sophomore year of high school. I just had a push mower, push around the neighborhood. Um, By like, uh, you know, like the summer after senior year, um, I mowed like 40-some yards. I just had my my little Nissan Frontier, little 12-foot trailer, um, you know, pulled that – Pulled them all around town. Um, how'd, you, how'd you get those forty? How'd you get those forty yards? Uh, a lot of door hangers. A lot of a lot of steps went into yep. getting those forty yards. So door hangers. I had my first little experiment with like uh, setting a website up. Um, to I just kind of noticed I'm like, well, everyone everyone around me, their websites all suck. I kind of kind of dug into the. Um, dug into the search engine optimization deal and whatever. Um, I was good at it to an extent, but never really, you know, great. But um, that helped a lot, a whole lot of door hangers went into that. Um, So I did that until um, I did it. So summer after senior high school, freshman year of college, finished out that um, freshman year of college. I grew up about, uh, I grew up in Eastern Iowa, about an hour and a half away where I went to college. So I, I had no class on Thursday. So I drive home Wednesday night, prayed really hard that it wouldn't rain Thursday, mowed all, mowed all day Thursday. And then, uh, and then I went back to school on Friday. So, um, did that. I think I got my knock out as many, how many were you trying to knock out on Thursday? Oh man. I, I think I had my brother ran a route for me for like half a day. Um, but I mean, I was, I, I hustled that day. I mean, I was, I would time myself on every single lawn and I would, uh, I would, you know, I'm, I'm like, okay, I got to figure out how I can trim this yard without having to walk around the house an extra time or whatever, yeah. trying to fit as much as I can in, yeah. into that one day. Um, awesome. That's so. awesome. So then what, what next? So you're in school, you're making, I mean, you're making some fat jack by this time. I mean, it's just you hustling on 40 properties. That's pretty good cash. Mm -hmm. How did you, what was next? And then also how did you get into the commercial side? I guess, what made you go that route? So I think that same year I got like my first little, uh, landscape job. Um, I don't know, like a five or $10,000 project. Um, that year, um, kind of went to college, you know, went to, I took, kind of took a hiatus next year. I did some little landscape projects. I think I mowed a little bit around where my house was at school. And, uh, and then the year after that, I kind of jumped back into it. Um, at first we were, I wasn't really going the direction we're going now. I did, um, kind of like residential hardscape and design um and stuff like that yeah um so i mean we were doing i mean we did some nice looking and you're projects. saying we so who's with you at this time doing these bigger jobs um at, i mean it's me and two or three guys so it's like i kind of had um friends of friends helping me yep um not really wasn't ever really putting out any hiring ads it was more just like hey so and so I need some help this summer. Yeah. You, know, you want to help. And then I, 
I can't, I think I, yeah. And then I just cobbled enough people together who through the fall that could, you know, help me all year round. I think it was the fall of this year. I had my one friend um, who had some pretty significant experience. He's a good equipment operator. Um, come on and help me. And he's the first kind of guy who had, who could run a job by himself and I didn't have to be there. Yeah. He could read the plans. He could work with the customer. He knew how to, he knew how to do his base. He knew how to run a laser level, um, yeah. all that type of stuff. And that's really what allowed me to, to kind of do some larger projects and still go to school. Mm -hmm. Um, so we had him on the, what well, that would have been 2017. Okay. Um, and then at the end of this year, it's the first week of school. I get a phone call. Say, some guy calls me, says, hey, do you do commercial landscape? Well, no, but I'm going to say yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like, now, yeah. bud. Tell me what you got. <laughs> so, so I said, yeah, yeah, we do. He's like, um, I think before this, I had done like one or two new construction houses, and that was really my only experience with it. Yeah, yeah. And um because like I said before, this was all the residential hardscape. I was working with the customer. I'd do the design, yeah. all that. Now, so he sends me the plans. And I knew this was this at this time. So I was up in Ames. And Ames didn't have a Menards. All we had was a Lowe's. And everyone yeah. complained about it. So we had finally had a Menards coming in town. And I remember I was talking with the one guy who's working with me. I'm like, wouldn't it be sweet if we got that Menards to do? Well, I get sent the plans. It's the Menards. There's, there's an acre and a half of sod. There's 250 trees. There's seven acres of hydro seeding. You know, it's, there's a, like 150 cubic yards of mulch, you know, it's a, it's big, it's a big boy. That's, that's the real deal. So it was kind of baptism by fire almost because I, you know, I know, the only reason they took me seriously, they never met me face to face before yeah. I signed it. I wouldn't have hired me, you know, <laughs> but yeah. um, they never met me face to face, but I knew my numbers well enough. I knew, you know, I know, I understand our production rates. Okay. It takes us X amount of time to plant a two and a half inch tree. I can plant a one gallon grass in this many times. It takes us this long to spread a cubic yard of mulch. Um, and then just a lot of Googling, kind of talking to people to kind of, you know, get my numbers pulled together in time so I can get this bid over to them. Yeah. So he's like, I send this bid over, project manager calls me, hey, you're the exact same price as this other guy. But, you know, you've actually came out and visited the site and you know what's going on. So I want to hire you. So we did a little negotiating, probably end up doing the project for, a good 10% less than it probably should have been done for. But, yeah, yeah. you know, looking back, I probably would have done it the same way, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we jump into that the, in the fall. We kind of get – there's a couple parts that are ready in the fall. Then we're to spring of 2019 mm -hmm. or actually go do it. We get this project done. My one friend is still working for me, so he's able to, you know, we're kind of tag teaming because he's – uh. How, if you don't mind me asking, how long did the the project take, and then what was the what was the total ticket on it? So it was uh it was like two hundred thirty thousand dollars. Um. So the other thing I should mention too, I think I think eighty thousand of that was in irrigation. We obviously we I wasn't gonna attempt that myself. Um. I found a really good irrigation sub to partner with who kind of he was gonna work with me on it um because he's like well how did you pitch that to them did you even address that a alpha landscapes will be partnering with a subcontractor on irrigation so the thing that? is um around here it's different in every market around here there's very few landscapers who have their own irrigation division perfect cuts one of them uh cory they have their own irrigation crew and then there's there's a couple other companies that do but like the largest by far the largest landscape construction company here doesn't do any of the irrigation themselves. So okay. I, I worked with one of their main guys. Yeah. They yeah. subcontract too. So that so, helped you a little bit as well. Cause that's kind of the norm. Yes. It's kind of the norm. So they're not, you know, they don't really care. 
Um, and it just, it brings us, so Alan, um, with, uh, yeah, Iowa Irrigation worked with me and he, uh, you know, he kind of, he's, that's all they really do is the commercial install for irrigation. So he kind of helped me through, Hey, you're going to deal with X, Y, Z. Um, he's a very blunt type of guy, but, uh, he kind of knew that he was going to, you know, deal with me and, um, he, uh, he helped me out with it. And, uh, so, you know, like, yeah, 80,000 at 230 was in irrigation, but, okay. um, I also, I think I subcontracted the sod on it cause it was the schedule was just job. ended up. So you're 20, what? I said, that's still a huge job. I mean, yes. you're 20 at the time of starting this project, right? Mm -hmm. Said so your, your birthday is like June or something. So tell, uh, tell some of our listeners out there, like, Obviously, you said it helped that you didn't meet them, but what's some practical advice you can give somebody looking to land a whale like that? Because everybody dreams of that. You know? Yeah, they're yeah. Like push mower, and they're like, "Dude, if I could just land one fat account, I would be, I'd be off and running." Yeah, because I, I, I had the exact same thing. While we were doing these residential projects, I, I drive by. Oh, I mean, oh, that's really what I want to do. Yep. You know, it kind of, kind of walk through my door, but once it did working with this Allen guy and some other guys, I kind of learned their process. So the number one thing is you gotta, you gotta understand the production and the efficiencies that come with doing the new construction type work. You know, it's not like, Oh, I'm going to send these two guys out to, to, uh, miss Jones's yard and they're going to go plant a tree by hand. No. I got a bobcat with a three foot auger and we're going to go zip all these holes and, yeah. and throw all these trees in the holes. Um, the other thing too, having that good supplier and subcontractor network is important as well. I think I used a new nursery for that project as well. Everything from them, the quality is, you got to stay on them on quality. If you yeah. stay on them, you're going to be fine. But, um, but they were about 30% cheaper and a lot of, unfortunately that's what this comes down to a lot of times. Where's your number on it? Yeah. Yeah. You got to make sure you're, you know, there's, you have to do a good job because if you don't do a good job, you're just not going to get paid. <laughs> you know, ask you this, how did you, did you just do your own research? Was it Google? Was it the guy that you had on, on board? How did you know about those little efficiencies that you need to build into the quote? Cause a mm -hmm. lot of people, that are just doing residential are not going to know those things. Yeah. So it comes down to unit prices a lot, but all those unit prices are backed by hourly rates and, and stuff like that. That's kind of how our bidding is based. It's based on, we're going to have a hundred man hours into this project. I need 120 bucks a man hour and you know, plus my material cost and rentals or whatever, um, are going to go on top of that. Um, so that's, that's really, you know, it's it, the, my bid is going to show all these unit prices, but I have a, I now have a, like an Excel uh, sheet set up where those numbers are plugged in and it spits out for me. Here's your hourly rate. You know, I put in, I put in project costs, material costs, subcontractor costs. Um, and man hours and it spits out what's your margin um percentage and number and then what are you making per man hour on that project that's uh, baby because that's that's really all it that's what it comes out to uh, for me um a lot of it the other thing we've ran into with it too you know this is kind of our place like of one big whale project and we didn't have 10 of these lined up after we got this one. We kind of had a lull for a couple of months before we, we finally started hitting them again hard fall of 2019. Yeah. Um, is the uh, kind of cash flow portion of it because on these projects, you're not getting paid for 60 days mm. um, after you bill. So that I'm saying if you start, if you start in this project March 1st, you are going to send out your bill not till like March 20th. Um, your so general they, contractors, they didn't, a, they didn't put a deposit down or anything. No, you ain't getting a deposit. You're getting a contract. Yeah. A nicely worded contract that really is locking both of you in. 
but um, you're not getting a penny down. You're not getting paid for 60 days on anything. Um, so what do you do? Do you just have a line of credit with your, with your vendors? So, yeah, so at this point, so the nursery, which there was, I don't know, close to $40,000 in plant material. So I had a, I had a, I had, I think a 30 day set up with them. Um, like I said, Alan, the irrigation guy was kind of working with me. He understands I'm not going to get paid until you get paid. There's a level of trust that needs to be established there. Obviously. What about your, what about your other guys that were actually running equipment and providing? Yeah, so I think I had, I did have a small line of credit at that point, like 30 or $50,000, something like that. Um, so I mean, you got to pay your guys first. <laughs> yep. Now, did you have did you have any other cash flow at the time? I mean, were you still doing routine maintenance on the residential side? No. So I hadn't done. I we hadn't done mowing since I was that year after high school. Oh, okay. Okay. So we had no real recurring income. I did have a plenty of cash built up because I think at this point I had two or three trucks only. Okay. Um, two or three trucks. I had the one skid loader, so we we bought a new. That first year I started doing the, the residential hardscape stuff. We, uh, we had, uh, I bought a new Bobcat T595, which is a 0% down, 0% interest deal. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, it's probably too easy to go and get one of those, but it was the right move for us just because, you know, we didn't have those cash flow issues with it as much. Yep. Uh, so then, yeah, pretty much line of credit to finance the rest of it. And now, that um, just that pretty much playing the bank for general contractors and developers has been a, a limiting factor in growth because when I'm running my cash flow, I'm so like, well, we have all this, you know, we have, we have $1.4 million as of now kind of booked, but I still see if I kind of try and figure, I, I need to figure out a better system for projecting our cash flow. But kind of when I pencil out, I'm like, we're not like come like June, middle of June, we're going to have like no money. Yeah. No. If I don't get this line of credit extended or whatever, or negotiate, you know, there's only so much negotiating terms you can do. Cause ultimately, um, these general contractors are waiting to, uh, these general contractors are waiting to get paid as well. Do they have enough in the bank account to pay you? Yes. Ultimately we're a pretty small scope of work in the grand so let, me, let me ask you this. Can you not set it up on a different system where you get uh, a down payment or a draw system? I know around here we've got contractors that do bigger projects where they set it up on a draw system. And after certain benchmarks have been met, they mm -hmm. at least draw their portion to cover costs. Yeah. To cover the. So, uh, yeah. So that's how we did residential projects. Um, that's how we did our residential projects and, uh, you know, okay, you know, project starts, I need 30% down. Once the patio base is in, I need another 30% down and I need 30% upon completion, whatever. Okay. Uh, that's how we did those. Um, it's monthly draws on the commercial projects. You only ever have a handful of projects like that. The first one ran like four months between the little pieces we did here and there. And okay. Okay. Cause it went over the winter. We started a little bit fall of 18. We finished it fall of 19. Okay. Um, okay. But uh, it's pretty much, yeah, monthly. And the thing is some, some of these general contractors will have, it depends on the type of projects. There's, you kind of have two sections of projects. You got your public publicly funded projects. Mm -hmm. Those are all, low bidder, um, no matter what, there's really no favorites in that one. It's yep. there's the number and, yep. and the lowest price point. Yes. And then you have your private projects. You got your apartment complexes, your hotels, your gas stations, uh, those type of ones. And um, depending on, it depends, it always depends how it's set up. Sometimes you know, it depends how their construction loan is, who the general contractor is. There's some general contractors who are, we use this guy. Yeah. You got to, you got to wait. You pretty much just got to be on. So if you want someone like that, you just got to constantly be on them. So when their guy slips up, they can say, all right, we're going to call Alpha. Yep. Take care of. 
So you got to work yourself into those type of negotiations where you can say we won't pay net 45 or we won't pay net 30. Um, those, those kind of deals take some time to work. That's it guys. Thanks for listening. Hope you guys are out there getting after it while we're in your earbuds. Until next time, this has been another episode of the Lawn Care Leaders Podcast. Again, don't be a stranger. Keep at it. Keep hustling. We'll be back with you guys again next week.